0: the game is over and you want more when the news breaks and you want more when you wake up and you want more it's highlights it's breakdowns it's analysis it's opinion it's curbside reaction your next day post game podcast and it starts now Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome once again to Curbside Reaction, your next day post game podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues, including reaction to big breaking news. And we had big breaking news yesterday. Doug Armstrong earlier today officially making the announcement that Drew Bannister will be taking over as interim head coach of the St. Louis Blues, replacing Craig Berube behind the St. Louis Blues bench. With Doug Armstrong making it official today, the team was on the ice. It was assistant coach Steve Ott running that practice. Drew Bannister got into town today. He'll be behind the bench tomorrow tomorrow and will coach his first game in the NHL as the Blues bench boss tomorrow night against the Ottawa Senators. Earlier today, we had a chance to catch up with Joe Vitale and Hall of Famer Bernie Federico, two guys that played in the National Hockey League, two guys that have been a part of teams where coaching changes has been made during the season. We talked about their experiences, we talked about their analysis of this team, And if there's really anything you can expect different from what we've seen from this core group of players under Drew Bannister, maybe you didn't see while they had Craig Berube as their head coach, let's get right into it with Bernie and Joey. Let's get some more reaction from the news of the day. We've got Hall of Famer Bernie Fodurko, my broadcast partner Joe Vitale, and guys. uh, We've heard now from Doug Armstrong. Uh, Bernie, let's start with you. Just As you put this into perspective over the last 12 hours and and looking ahead, uh, what's bouncing
1: around in your brain there? Well, it's disappointing. Anytime you see a coach go, I mean, obviously a coach that won a Stanley Cup uh, four years ago for the Blues. I mean, it's always disappointing to see something like that happen, but I think that uh, everybody knows this is a business, and I, and I think in the business, the one thing that uh, that the general managers have control of the most is the coaches, because with the players, there's you got to put the guy through waivers, or you got to try to make a deal or a trade. So uh, when you uh, get down to it, uh, one of the I I, I don't want to call the it easiest. It's probably one of the hardest things the army had to do. But one of the things that that, that a general manager can do is to make a change. Uh, change the scenery and and hope that the guys respond to it on, on the ice and I think that's what happened here and it's, it's unfortunate but uh, I think that Army felt that uh, this team has a lot more to give and they're not giving enough and hopefully uh, that uh, a change of pace now will, will, will get them to, to understand and and refresh and and, and hopefully move forward. Do, from your perspective do you listen
0: to what Doug said, talking about not so much the wins and losses, but how the games were being
1: played as as a legit factor? Absolutely. I mean, when I watch this team, I mean, yes, they're only a game below 500, but uh, I think when you when you see the number of chances that they've given up defensively, and that's something that they talked about all season long from the beginning, is that they were going to tighten up defensively and be a much better defensive team. Well, we saw it in in, in very short. Term, you know, there was a th- three or four games where they gave up a goal or two, but uh, it's been very, very porous. I mean, uh, you see the shots, you see the quality of the shots, and I, that's more so than the quantity of shots. It's, I mean, they've been all over the offensive zone, and they keep there for for you know t- one or two minutes at a time. There, uh, it's an honor Roger, you know, again against the. Uh, Um, uh, against the goaltenders all the time. So uh, it's very, very difficult to not see what Army was seeing, is that this team has got to play better together as a team. And and, uh, uh, the record is actually probably better than it should be because of the great goaltending they've had. Joe, you've been in the locker
0: room where there's been some coaching changes. We're going to hear a lot of cliches coming out of the Blues locker room today. This is on us. You know, we should have done more this kind of thing. Are those cliches legit?
2: You know, I think that they are, and I think that you look at the way the league is, and like Bernie mentioned, it's this is a part of the process of a transition of moving in the right direction. I mean, this is always step one. Look what happened with – the Edmonton Oilers this year they get a coaching change they go on a run the Minnesota wild you bring in John Hines and it's a completely different team and to this Doug Armstrong's you know record and obviously his resume you, you lose Mike Yo in 2018 you bring in a coach and look what happens so I think that he's looking for a, a spark he's looking to maybe a possibly even just a different voice that could try to get this thing back on the right track you know I listen to Doug Armstrong and they're clearly disappointed but he also has the faith in himself and this team that This is a winnable hockey team and then they can get to the postseason and and make some noise and maybe an injury here injury there and they can make a big splash so i think that you know with the disappointment of losing craig berube uh, one thing that just stood out to me curbs is you look at this team and their struggles and even doug armstrong hinted at it this is not solely a coaching issue and i think that at the end of the day this has been a team Uh, veteran, young players that have just not come together, held each other accountable in a lot of different facets of the game. And at the end of the day, this is what happens. You lose your coach first, and you move on from there.
0: All right, let's get the idea for both of you. We hear that word a lot, accountability. Uh, Joey, define how you see accountability within the structure of a hockey team.
2: I would go accountability is you look at that Chicago Blackhawk game where Braden Shen fought Reese Johnson, I believe he fought. Mm -hmm. That first period's over. It's the first intermission. And if I'm a player on that team, I'm standing up in the locker room and saying, why is it always our captain fighting? Why is he the one always having to get us a response? Why is our captain, one of the older guys on the team, having to try to grab this thing in the right direction? Who's going to step up? And he starts looking around. He starts pointing fingers. He starts pointing at himself. We all have a lot more to give right now. We can't lean on Bennington. Another thing Doug Armstrong said, we'd have way more losses this year if it wasn't for number 50. If it wasn't for number 10. I think that it comes down to players in that room taking the ownership that this is our team. The coach is going to give you a message. He's going to be the architect, but we're the brick builders. We got to go out there and we got to build bricks. We got to build homes. And when someone steps out of line, we got to hold each other accountable to that. And I don't know right now, still, if this team is that group where they have those voices in that room. Uh, that, that are that way, curbs, and I don't think it's because they're bad people. I think it's because you've had veteran players in the last five years be here that were that voice. You had the David Perons, you had the Ryan O'Reillys. Heck, even Jay Bomey, sir He didn't say a lot, Bernie, as you know, but when, when he talked, you listen. And I think that right now, to me, that's what accountability looks like for this group moving forward.
0: And, and Bernie, when, when a player like Braden Shen does that, some people say, "Well, it's up to the leadership group to get other guys going." I'm not sure that a leadership group matters in that it. It's got to be in inside of you as an individual player to see that and to
1: want to make a difference. And we haven't seen that from most of this roster. Leadership should come from everybody in that locker room, everybody that's on the ice. I mean, your job, you know what your job is. Everybody has a role on this hockey club. And, and when you know what your role is, you should take great pride in that. And you should know if something happens, it's your job to make sure that you are uh, get involved in what you're supposed to do, and you shouldn't have to look to Braden Shan to do that. Braden Shen's going to do that anyway. If that's your job, if you can do that, you need to help out as well. And I think that's the whole deal. I mean, accountability to me is is that everybody does have a job. Everybody has, I and mean, everybody does their job. And everybody can come off the ice, sit on the bench, and look at the other guy in the eye, And know that they've done the best they can do. Uh, then that's total accountability. Everybody knows that they're doing their job, and and you don't have to. You're you're not pulling for someone. You're you're actually not pulling the guy along. Uh, you're, no one, there's no passengers. Everybody has to take the role of being a leader. And I think that, that, that even the young kids on this team have to do that too. They have to know that uh, it's their turn uh, to, to be better. And, we, and, and I think that that's kind of what this team is, is in transition right now. The veterans on this, player, on this team are the guys that have been there before. Yes, they are. But you have to look to new leadership. And, and the young guys on this team have to be the guys that have to start proving that they are going to take the lead. They're going to be the guys that are going to be responsible for this team moving forward. And I think when, when everybody gets on that page and everybody believes that they're a leader, uh, that, I think that's when you really all come together.
0: Guys, this was not a scenario where you were dealing with a bad coach. You you know that you had a proven Stanley Cup champion coach. You know you had a player's coach. You had a coach that was so direct and honest. Players knew exactly what they wanted to bring or what they needed to bring to play for this coach. Moves like this happen anyway. What goes on with a player? Like What actually would legitimately be different for some of the players that, that weren't
1: responding to that when a new voice comes in? Well, that's really a hard question to answer because, I mean, no one, I don't care if, any, if there's anybody on this team that didn't like Chief or not. You still, it's your responsibility to play and it's your responsibility to win. And when something like this happens, you never want to see anybody get fired. And I think that everybody has to look in the mirror now and say, hey, I was partly responsible for what happened. Uh, to Chief. And now, I mean, some of the guys are obviously going to just, maybe they're going to get more ice time, or maybe, I mean, that's the only reward you can get. But maybe some of the guys are going to get more ice time now under a new coach, or maybe they're going to have a different role under a new coach, and, and maybe we'll see that. But, but certainly everybody now, it's, it's, a, it's a wake-up call. It's saying, hey, I might be next or this has already happened. Now, we don't want this to continue to happen. We want to be winning games. We want to be comfortable in a situation that we're in right now. So, I mean, I don't know how the guys are going to respond, but I think when you look at coaching change, Joe just talked about what happened in Edmonton. We saw it in Minnesota, as he said. Usually what happens is everybody does take a look in the mirror and say, I better be better because this is not good. Something like this has happened and it shouldn't happen uh, because everybody was comfortable. We were having fun. Uh, you know, We won a Stanley Cup four years ago. Things are fun but now everybody now all of a sudden you're saying you know we're a couple weeks before Christmas now we want to move forward and we want to start having fun again we want to win hockey games but most of all we want to prove to each other that we are a good team and that we can win in this league
2: well in the, in the follow-up there I completely agree with Bernie and I had the most just amazing quick conversation with David Perron who was of course watching the game last night he's facing a six game suspension last night was the first game of the six and, you know Bernie he said he said to me you know, he looked at that Detroit team. He's very optimistic about making the playoffs this year. He's got, we got a lot of great pieces. We just added Kane. We got a lot of young players and Raymond and Moe Sider, right? One player asked him, he said the other day, he said, David, how do you come in every day with enthusiasm and energy? I mean, you got, you're married, you got kids. You've been in this league a long time. You've already won a championship. And he said to the young player, he didn't, he didn't give me the names, he goes, You find that energy because you have to find that energy. It was just that simple. And it talks about the individual accountability of each player and how that can be contagious to the entire team. He goes, I come in every day, and I may not always feel like it. That's what he said. I don't always feel like it, but you have to find a way to manufacture it, even if it's falsely, to bring that energy, bring that enthusiasm to the locker room, bring that character to the bench. Maybe it's a practice. Maybe it's a road trip, a dinner out, but you have to figure out a way – To bring that every single day and listen if you have a veteran who's already won a Stanley Cup he's already made all the money he needs to make if he can find a way after being a dad all morning with his wife and then coming to the rink at night and doing that if if he can do that Timmy curves anyone across the league can do that and it's about that and then also transcending that to all the players where they feel that they see that and of course they mimic exactly what that veterans doing
1: Julian that's exactly it but that's it's up to the younger players to make that older guy feel like he's young again. And, and I think that's yeah. when, when you look, when I looked at Detroit's, Detroit's roster last night, that's a good roster, even on paper. And they're missing, you know, Noel Arkin last night. Of course, David was not out. That's a good hockey club. That's a good young hockey club. And when you have good young players that can see that bright future and you got good goal you you know, they have not made the playoffs for a couple of years now that's a team right now that I look at Said say they're excited about playing. And David's always been that way, though. I mean, I, I look back at David when he first came to the Blues. I mean, he was 19 years old, and I mean, he was out at the Christmas party playing with all the kids on the ice, because he loves the game so much. I think David's always done that, but it's harder as an old player. We both know that, Joey. As, as later on in your career, it's hard. But when you have young kids around you that make you exciting about winning a game, it's not work. It's not work coming. I mean, to, to go to the, uh, the rink for a couple hours every day is pretty special. I mean, you know, most people go for eight hours to a job. You know, to be an NHL player to go for for a couple of hours, you know, get on the on the ice, you know, work your tail out, stay in great shape and have fun. And I think that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You're not having fun unless you're winning. Mm-hmm. And I think the Red Wings now are winning. I mean what, they're seven or eight games below or above five hundred right now. It's fun to play. When you're winning it's fun hockey and it's not fun when you're losing. And I think that's what has happened here now with the Blues is that now that they're 11 they've lost 4 in a row now it's not fun. And now this coaching change is that going to change let's hope that everybody gets back to having fun. And the way you have fun is you got to win hockey again. The the bottom line is no matter who's the coach of this team, you've got veteran
0: players underperforming, playing too many benign minutes in a lot of ways. And you've got younger players, you know, that that are not showing enough battle like they want to be in that lineup every single night and you know they do tyler tucker does not want to sit out as a healthy scratch but tyler tucker isn't making himself enough known during each and every game to stay in the lineup players give the coaches reasons to put another player in i mean they just recently called up Hugh gang because of the play of nikita alexandrov wasn't good enough so they went down to the american league and called up a healthy player that no matter who the coach is, yeah. those younger players have to bring a little more fear for their jobs to the game. And, and the older players have to have to have to play for that NHL crest yeah. w- with another
1: level as well. Yeah, but I don't want to call it fear. I mean, that's the bad word is that you don't if you if you're playing with fear, like, oh, if I don't play well, I'm not going to play. That's the hardest thing. You have to go out there and play that you're having fun and that you are deserving to be there. And I think that's the biggest thing is that I when, guess I mean more fear. Yeah, fear the, is a
0: motivator to right. just bring
1: something. But, but fear, fear of failing is not what right. I call it. You know, you don't want to you don't have that fear of failing. You want to have the positive part about it is that I'm going to be a difference maker. I'm going to go out there if I get a chance to be on the power play. And I've always said it to be on the power play is a privilege. You know what? There's 20 really good players on every team that are, are dressed each and every night. And And you know what? You're very fortunate if you're one of the five guys that gets to play or one of the eight guys that gets to play on a power play. You've deserved it because you've earned that. But you know what? You get to earn it every night. And if you just think that you you're, you're, you're expect to be there, it doesn't work that way. And I think right now with this Blues power play, everybody has got to really come with the attitude that I'm fortunate to be on here. And if I don't perform, I'm not going to be in the power play. This is This is a reward because, I mean... Power play time means you're going to get probably more points, which means you're probably going to get paid more. And especially for the young guys, that's what they want. And that's what a coach can do, reward them with ice time. And I look at this power play right now. I mean, they've got seven power play goals in 28 games. I mean, that's one every four games. I mean, usually it's one every four power plays is what's normal in this league 25%. And things have got to change, but I think you need to get rewarded by by what you do. And I think that's what has to happen. And I think that's kind of the what the new coach can come in and say, okay, everybody is being evaluated right now. If you've got a job and you know what your job is, you better do it because I can change the ice time that you're going to get. And Joe, lastly here,
0: Drew Bannister comes in. He's been part of this organization now for five years. He was coaching in San Antonio leading into the COVID years. He coached in Utica. That during the COVID year and then the last two years plus this season in springfield so he's had when you look at the the list of loose prospects that have gone through his teams you're talking jordan Cairo, jake Wallman, zach sanford jordan bennington joel hofer Hugh McGee. you're looking at every one of these guys has played for him at some point and time what does it mean to have at least a guy coming in that's had these guys before will it be just a familiar comfort yeah. that
2: could make a difference. I think it's going to be very familiar because, like, you look at this team. It's we're starting to move in a different direction. Clearly, that's the way it is, and, and it's and it's a youthful direction. And I think that you know Craig Barubi to me, I think he excelled with a veteran group that thought like him. Like he's an old school guy. He he's a round him up. Let's pick a fight. Let's, let's draw some people into the fight type of, type of style. And that's why he was so good for that 2019 team throughout the next few seasons, which he had so much success, as Doug Armstrong mentioned there, Curbs. But this is a, a team, you know, retool, rebuild. I mean, Doug Armstrong used the word, I think, refocus. There's a lot of rees in there. I'm starting to lose track of all my, <laughs> my re's, but this is a team in transition, clearly. And part of that transition is a young group, a young younger generation. Uh, Part of that younger generation is a lot more coddling, right, wrong, and different. I think a lot of these younger players need more of a hug. They need to be reassured of themselves. It's less about, you know, the Bernie's days where you had to earn those, you know, eight, nine million dollar contracts. Not that there was that money at the time, but compare it to where, where it was then to now. You had to earn contracts and it took you sometimes six, seven, eight years to earn that. And now it's almost like, you know, the way the game spun is, players are getting rewarded or anointed these because they're projecting this is who they're going to be. A part of that is the downfall of, you know, it doesn't take as much to earn maybe power play time or be in this league or recognize it during the best league in the national, which is the National Hockey League and the best league in the world. But uh, however you put it, I think the communication style, I think how he relates to these younger players. I mean, if I'm human game, If I'm Jordan Cairo, you know, if I'm a younger player on this team, if I'm Tyler Tucker or Scott Prunovich, you know, there's a part of me that's probably a little bit excited. You know i hate to say that way because i love craig berube but mm-hmm. also this is a guy that's familiar with me he believes in me he's seen that i can do it in the american hockey league he knows that i can play this game at a very high level and maybe a good opportunity is going to be there for me and i don't know how you feel about that bernie but i think that drew banister has come a long way i think he's coached he's proven himself as a player and maybe a different voice is certainly something that could help here
1: it happened to me i mean my, my really my second year i mean uh, I, I came in leo boivin was the coach and you know barkley player was the coach down in kansas city when i was playing in the minors i got called up at the end of the year and then coming back thinking i was going to play a lot i was on the fourth line and really uh, um, you know unfortunately for leo got fired uh, in february What it was great for me because bark came up and all of a sudden bark knew what we could do mm-hmm. what brian and i could do all of a sudden we were out there we were playing power play we were getting penalty kill time and all of a sudden you know things changed for us and then the next year you know what everything kind of broke loose because uh, we were the guys that he knew and and we excelled because that because we were getting more ice time. So it certainly all can happen. And uh, I just hope that the, the guys find their way now. And and it's a shame that it takes something like this to happen uh, for maybe the guys to find their way. All
0: right, Bernie and Joey, thank you very much. And thank you for tuning in to Curbside Reaction, your next day post-game podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues including special podcast episodes when there's big news breaking surrounding the St. Louis Blues. The next episode comes your way after tomorrow night's game against the Ottawa Senators, and it'll be up there Friday morning, bright and early for you. Thanks again for tuning in to Curbside. Have a great middle part of your week, and we will see you at the rink.